What's up, people? What's up, people? What's up, people? Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You know the way it goes. All right, I'm a bit discombobbled because I got my friend in the building. Renelle's there. Say what's up, Renelle. You can't hear her because she's in the background, but how's everybody doing? Welcome to Five More Minutes with your boy, Josiah. You know, uh, so today we're going to keep it short. Okay, okay, okay. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. Okay, if you never got the show reference, that's what it is. Look at my lamp. It's exposing itself. Oh, my goodness. Let me like make it like look like I'm comfortable on set and all that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but listen, welcome guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is my little space on the internet. If you've uh, just come here, if you're new to five more minutes, then it's uh, it's a place where I uh, I speak my mind and I never keep it five minutes. So if you're prepared for a longer chat, then you are in the right place. If you want something short, you probably should find another podcast. Oh lost some followers there anyways if it's still here then you're in for a treat um well i don't know if you're in for a treat actually i, I, I keep it i keep it i keep it a buck with you um these podcasts aren't really ever really prepared um and i'm trying to figure out a format right because it's just i uh i guess the history of this is right uh i used to write some written pieces this open diary and i thought i think it'd be very important as a black male to share some of the things that cross my mind cross my heart um, as I cross this intersection of like humanity and faith, uh, walking as a Christian in the 21st century, in 2022. What does that really look like? What does it sound like? What are the thoughts? Um, so I'm still figuring out a format, but I don't know if it needs one, majorly because not everything needs a format, you know? I feel like I should put some glasses on. I feel like it feels more like intellectual, right? Cool. I'm gonna give you guys the jiggy. The nice glasses, the jiggy ones, because they're close to me. Hold on, guys. Yeah. Oh, who's that? Who's that? All right, I'm giving you guys the jiggy glasses. Oh, how does how this looking? How are we looking? Great. Great? It's not as uh, intellectual as the other ones, but these are some good jiggy glasses. But, um... Oh, this is actually I can see you. Wow, it's really blindness is really a thing. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, I'm thinking of like three questions I would want to ask myself each episode, um, as like I as as we intro and get comfortable. So I guess if you're listening you, you, right now, you should be getting yourself a cup of tea, because it's always a long intro. Long intros for a long chat. How about that? Um, but uh, yes. Um, all right, let's do this. So yeah, so I guess I've been thinking of like three questions to ask myself. So I guess I'm going to start with question one. It's not going to be the same each episode because, you know, this one I'm making it up. But hopefully, in like two weeks, it'll be standardized, right? That'll be great. Um, but I guess how am I feeling today is my normal first question. I'm feeling good. Um, and I'm feeling good. And I guess what's on my heart today will, I, I guess, will explain the idea of why my answer will always be I'm feeling good or I'm good. Um this is a question I get asked all the time, like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And everyone's like, oh, like, but how are you really? Like, how are you really? And I think we live in a society that uh, expects, uh, I guess, the tough things to be glorified. And of course, in the name of mental health, I do believe that we encourage more to kind of really say how we feel. Um, but also as I, I, I kind of keep going more and more, and as I push further in Christ, I realize that like, there is strength in my strongest answer in as much as it may not be an accurate representation to my strongest emotion. Um, and because I also sometimes need to hear that I'm good, not to toxically try to dismiss my emotions, but to recognize that I'm greater than them for myself to hear. And I think that's been very important for me. It's something that's carried me uh, through everything and 
this is not to say that you know you should never say to, you know you should never actually express how you feel but it's to say that your your life is uh, does move in the direction of your strongest thought and i do believe that which means even if the whole world is crashing down i think my answer truly in my heart in the hope of that moment is i'm okay right um and i guess that's that's the first question i guess even to lead off that is uh uh god thought um if i can simply just renew my mind enough to believe in those things i will see it in that moment because uh I, I, we're going to look at this right james james one uh if i count everything as joy and count everything as like an honor then the trials and tribulations of my life are incredibly purposeful and actually life is incredibly joyous not because every moment is joyful full of joy but because i've decided that life can only truly truly be joyous that that only that i can only find uh, deposits of joy in what should look otherwise and that is the minimum of my acceptance in life and i am absolutely trying to make that a lifestyle and i believe i'm getting there comparatively to maybe a few more years ago uh, so that's number one that's question one number two i don't know question two is like uh what's your thoughts today i guess those are my thoughts and i guess number three is no number three so we're gonna get into what i was gonna talk about today which really is that joy and that honor and privilege i think to live and to be alive um which is something i've really been thinking about lately because like guy like the world and the the, the world is an interesting time and i think of all crushing moments I think it's imperative that we see the beauty of even being able to witness pain, uh, feel pain, uh, because you know we're alive in it, so we can we can feel pain in it, which is great. Uh, I was talking to Renell in the car, and uh, I think I talked about. Did I talk about that? I did. We did talk about this. So great. This is what's actually on my heart today. I talked about this idea of like pain and the fact that like actually like you know I think most Christians have it misconstrued. They think that yeah, the moment I become a Christian, everything is like so sweet, which it is. Of course, it is. You have Jesus, which is great. Um, but but like uh, I, uh, becoming a Christian, you would arguably sometimes uh, have been sold uh, this idea that like it's this blissful dream on earth that's absolutely going to be incredible, and there's going to be no difficulty, no tribulations, no trials, no stress, and like every pain that I had in my body before is gone. Now that state is true, right? As a Christian, where I will be and what I will be transformed to, that is absolutely true. But in this moment, in this present transition of my life, I'm absolutely limited to the realities of my circumstance. In fact, if I am somebody that's incredibly broken uh, and I find Christ, I am healed, but, but there will be pieces in my life that are still broken until the manifestation of that, uh, that, that of the, what comes through, which is, I, I think is very important. Um, and I think lots of people, yeah, are, are falsely sold this dream that, yeah, like, you know, once you come to Christ, it's like, oh, wee, nice, fun, roller coaster, ah. But even every fun ride has the effects of gravity and everything up and nice feels the weight of it coming down. And I believe that as a, as a Christian, uh, I, I'm learning to be more accustomed to the reality that tribulations and trial are absolutely a part of my dish. In fact, as a Christian, they're, 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 they're a consequential part of my dish. Uh, so consequential enough that, that the Bible talks about them so much and tells me like, hi, like, hey, hey, rejoice in your, rejoice in this. Like, you know, like, and then the Bible tells me about what this, this thing that, that hurts or this thing that is, is a plague for somebody else and is only simply a plague. It, it, the Bible tells me strongly what it, what it really means for me. 
So I guess uh, what you guys love and are here for sometimes is the Bible. So we're going to open the Bible uh, to a lovely place uh, we're going to open to. 1 Corinthians, nope. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians after. We're going to go to James 1. James 1. Or we can go to Ecclesiastes 7. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 7 first. Let's go back. That's where we were last week. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes 7. Um, no, we're going to go to Ecclesiastes 9, I think. Hopefully. Wow. Oh, this is so good. Ecclesiastes 9. And I think maybe for the next few weeks, it might be in Ecclesiastes. So be prepared to read a bit of Ecclesiastes. That's where I am right now in the Bible. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 9. But all this I laid to heart, ESV, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all. Interesting. Doesn't say it's the same for everyone except Christians. Since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, so it tells me that the same events happen to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice, as the good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears is as he who, who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Which is beautiful. So the same event happens to all of us. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if like people used to think like, oh yeah, you know, like, yeah, when I become a Christian, everything that happens to them doesn't happen to me. No, it's a lie. It does. The Bible says it. And get used to it. But here's what's so beautiful about our about the things that happen to us is that they create character they create something and my father so uh so distinctively puts it in such a beautiful way he says like josiah like when we go through these tri trials and tribulations this is how god gives us our credentials this is how we become someone in christ we are all someone in christ in fact we're gonna look into like what our roles are in christ in fact and, and our value and the true value of ourselves but like really and truly like we are all something in christ and in fact god has made us all something necessary for his like grand plan in this like big story um uh, but 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 things will happen to us um because because good and evil happen to all it would be like i guess almost uh weird as a believer to hope that only good things happen just to you because in fact uh the whole point of following christ is that we really not just hope but we're purposed to go out there to make sure that good happens to everyone and in fact that is also equally our mission and also that co-mission of Christ. Um, so that's an imperative, and that's something some that's super important. Um, so that's 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 a bunch of ideas. Uh, we're gonna go over to James 1, um, which is gonna be the, I guess, the real anchor scripture for today. Um, but Ecclesiastes puts that in perspective really nice, and it says under the sun, this, this, is, this, is, this is it under the sun. Um, and I go all the way to the end. It says their love and their hate their envy have already perished and forever they have no more share in all that is done in the sun. So the, Bible, uh, the verse goes on to talk about for the living know that they will die but the dead know nothing and they have no more reward. Uh, so so I, I guess when you feel pain and when you feel kind of like stresses and when you feel these things we call like trials and you know your world feels like it's crushing and being crushed. Like that's dreadful but, but, but the beauty is that you can feel it. All right? Because the Bible says here that the dead know nothing and they have no more reward. But you, but you do. Um, and I love English. So if the dead know nothing and they have no reward, 
and I'm living, it means that I know something and that there is a reward. Uh, there is a reward. Uh, so that, that's interesting. So there is a reward for your existence. There's a reward for the things you do. Um, and of course, getting to heaven isn't about works. No, we're already selected and loved by Jesus. But there is rewards for what we do. In fact, we are championed to do things. And uh, and here's where we're going to talk about that in uh, in Colossians. But we'll go to James 1. Um, I don't even know where James is. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. James, yep, that's it. That's the way we've got to in Nigeria, okay? <laughs> Peter, Peter, John, 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 yes. Hebrew, James. So turn to James 1, verse 12. And I hope this thing is we're going to record long enough. We'll see. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Ah, so Romans, Corinthians, Corinthians, every chance, Philippians, Colossians. Sorry. Hebrews, James, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. James 1. I should be like, Renell, what does it say? Read it out to me, but you guys can't hear her. <laughs> okay, James 1. Uh, we're going to read from verse 2. But I love actually how like it starts. It says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. This is so great. James is like, yo, if you didn't know who I am, I'm a servant. So the next time you get asked, who are you? You better tell him you're a servant of God. Come on now. Not the word, but okay. Come on now. Um, right. Okay. Um, all right. Verse two. Someone read it out to me. Go on. Go on. <laughs> so good. So good. All right. Verse two says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So good. So I will meet trials. So it says I should count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast steadfastness hey english and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing great so um we actually read this verse in church on sunday and it really moved me um and uh, pastor joe uh which is a pastor he was like you know the, the term count is an accounting term right it's, it's a numerical thing so counting suggests that there is numerous uh there has to be enough to count um but also counting is about taking stock so when the bible says count it all joy it's to take stock of it all and label it as joy so as you count it categorize it as joy so that pain you might have that thorn that you are struggling with count it as joy so as you sort it out in the in the in the kind of the, the 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 mess of your life in the moment as you think okay great this week what's happened okay cool i lost this thing I, I i felt this thing that you should count it as joy so you know in your mind right somebody says hey like how's your week been it's been joyful bro that, that, that like that when you look at all the, the the broken pieces in your life and all the the pains and the afflictions that you you labeled them a little oh this is joy the same way you would label expenses that you know this is a business expense or this is a personal expense that that you should label and count it all joy um when you meet trials of various kinds so are you okay well yeah i'm good is a stance that i should believe in because my position and my stance has to be accounted towards joy that is the label joy 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 now um a few uh months ago no years ago mm, a while ago my dad one day lost his voice 
and his voice over time started to get raspy and we just thought it was something small right nobody really pays attention to a voice change and everybody's voice changes ever so slowly um i don't know how long after one day i was in university and my mum called me and i was doing my final assessment and my mum said Josiah, dad has cancer. I said, huh? And he has cancer in his larynx, in his vocal cords. And I remember being disturbed and I cried. Now, I don't know why I cried, to be honest with you. Um, because I was okay. But but I guess at that moment, I felt like I needed to cry. I felt like I needed to acknowledge the emotion somehow. I, I, th I think a little bit differently about that now. But I remember crying and feeling so confused. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I was hurt that he had it or I was hurt that they didn't tell me because they wanted to protect me. And they had already known about this for, for, for a considerable amount of time and I didn't. And the, from there, progressively a few years later, maybe a year and a half or two, uh, in Canada, I had a phone call from my mother with my dad choking on the phone. My mom asking me for an asthma pump. That choking would have signaled a two week window for my dad to live. But it would also be the, the moment of breathlessness that would save his life. He would go to lose his voice, uh, have no vocal cords, um, have a uh, vocal reconstruction of his uh, cords and his neck, and now live the rest of his life with a hole in it. And this situation was so bad that he would then end up for months in hospital by himself, going through the gruesome pains, but also the gruesome reality that as he also hoped to God, so desperately that God would do another miracle as he had lived his life in miracles, going blind and getting his vision back and, and this and that. He had lived a life of pain, but also of testimonies that had an evident trajectory. And in this moment, he woke up from this surgery a little deflated and I remember asking my dad I remember like sorry I remember feeling I was like I hope he doesn't I, I hope he doesn't feel like God let him down and I called him and I asked him say how are you and he said and, and he couldn't really speak but you know like he, he messaged back you know Josiah you know I'm good you know right Um, and I couldn't fathom that that, that. imagine going to sleep with your voice Sorry, like, like going to sleep with your voice, waking up and uh, waking up on a surgery table and you can never speak again. I don't know if my answer would be good. And it's something I began to investigate as to what does it take a man and how does he understand that he's actually okay? How does, how does someone's life change so drastically? Someone who, who all his life had wished to do things like play a saxophone. Somebody who had who had hoped and actually believed in his heart that he was called to test, to, 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 to mentor and to, 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 to do stuff for the youth. Someone who was raised with, with to, 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 to see this future with his voice as a necessary tool to amplify God's word. Wake up one day, hoping and praying to God for deliverance and waking up with no voice. What does it take for a man to truly know he is good or at least to believe it? I don't know, but I do believe that my dad counted it all joy um, because that was his stance before and that continues to be his stance every day that I know him. 
I say this to say, we will meet various trials, tribulations, painful ones, ones in which we will not emerge as these shiny new creatures. In fact, we might end up living a life with more seeming hurt, regard, brokenness, a new pattern of of living and, and, and a new transformation. And, and we will think that God hasn't done anything, but in fact, he has. And here's the most important part. And let steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That if God see it fit that my perfection is not in my voice. That if God see it fit that the journey of him taking me where he considers to, to be complete is the journey of losing everything that matters to me. Then I have to consider a joy that he sees something that I clearly don't. I remember us speaking to my dad after surgery and it was painful to know that he, you know, he came home after in, in, in a daze. Uh, when I got back to Canada, I saw him in a daze after a, after a couple long weeks in hospital. That it was so bad that he would have to be, he would have to suck out his saliva from his mouth for over 40 days. He wasn't allowed to swallow. Didn't eat much food. Couldn't swallow for, for months. Had a feeding tube for months. Remember him coming home confused. And for three days, he would battle with this idea of whether he's alive or not, that the situation was so dire that he didn't know if he was alive or not. He wasn't sure if this thing in front of him was reality or not. He wasn't sure of it. But each day I would remember looking at his face and see this smile and I would think, my goodness. And, and I would break down. That What does it take a man in this moment to be so joyful? In fact, as he would clasp his lips with the little that he can say, he would encourage all of us. He would, he would tell us that, ah, Josiah, God is good. And in the little of his breath, he would use all of his ability to still glorify God. Count it all joy. I remember asking him, I said, hey man, like what's, how are you really feeling, man? He said, as long as God, as long as God is good, I'm good. And that's become my answer for the mist, the pre and the after of every tribulation. That as long as God is good, I am good. And it puts me in a default position that's eternal. That God has always, always is and always will be good. Which gives me a certainty that, do you know what? If I am in his palm, I always will be good. Count it all joy, my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Steadfastness is this uh, ineffable thing that, 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 you know, when you look at somebody and you think, my goodness, like, like they're just unwavering. Like, you just, they just, they're people in our lives that, that absolutely sparkle because they just never move. We call it people who talk with conviction, people who are just like really like confident. Like, yeah, they're steadfast, that their life is leaning in that direction. And it says, let it. And my message and my encouragement, hopefully to your listening is, please do not allow yourself to miss the blessing of your tribulation. Let it have its full effect. That's what the Bible says. It says, let to allow. So, that, so the natural position as a Christian when you meet trials and tribulations is steadfastness. 
and that in its inception and in its presence, it has a perfecting capability. It has an ability in that nothingness to give us completeness to a place we will lack nothing if we just let it have its full effect. And I find that maybe somewhere in my life I have not let steadfastness have its full effect. I might have let it have half of it and I experience moments of joy. But in the moment of the affliction, all I experienced was the affliction. And I believe that God has so lovely, love, lovingly wrapped something beautifully, orchestrated just for me, that I believe is, uh, if I just allow steadfastness, as in I allow my unwavering stance in Christ, that faith that is being produced, that faith that is producing that steadfastness, if I, I let it be, that it will do something perfect and complete. That even as my voice might be reduced to a whisper, that in my spirit, my voice is louder than ever. I think that's beautiful. I think that's important. I think uh, if all of us truly understood that we truly have a share, then I think we will be bolder to account the different matters of our lives into this one thing we call joy and live a joyful life. That that, that joy isn't isn't like a pleasure. It's it it's it's more, if I may, more more adequately described, I would describe it more as an ever returning happiness, not the ever presence of it, but but the ability in my life to truly know that even as I lack that happiness, that in my time I will receive that happiness. In fact, that there is a greater treasure stored in store for me. In store for me. And I need not worry too much about it because I already have so much to worry about. That God will do the accounting and my little part in his bookkeeping is to count it all joy. He tells me to cook my books and make sure that my books say joy. So make sure that your books in your life say joy. And here's an encouraging thing. Here's a very encouraging thing. That there is something in your life that has to come out. And this is something I missed in the Bible that I found, found so beautiful. So if you open to uh, Colossians 1 verse 12. I'm not there right now. I'm reading somewhere else. But just open for me. We'll get ready to go there. Okay. James, sorry, Colossians, Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians. Told you the wrong verse. I apologize. <laughs> Is that still recording? Does it say like a little wreck? Does it say a little recording? Oh. <laughs> what if I lost all that? 
So we lost the video. So if you're watching this on video, sorry, it's all gone. <laughs> but I finished this off all the listeners on Spotify uh, with uh, with First Corinthians, super important verse, and gives us perspective on who we really are. Uh, I, I think it encourages you to like take part in this 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 grand story and i think sometimes you wonder like what does god want me to do like wh- wh- like why did he pick me what wh- what's he trying to do and you know like i don't get it like why me and whatever like what what's going on and and why did he send jesus and then why didn't jesus do everything perfectly like why do i still have to do like i don't know i don't know what questions you might ask yourself but I do believe that God always has a purpose in his design. And in fact, his, his word says that my treasures are hidden in my word. And here's, here's one treasure for you. That is uh, mostly read, mostly understood. Even before I go to that, I might even go to a different place. Look at this. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 17, and then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 1. Sorry, First Corinthians 7, verse 17. It says this. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all, the, all of the churches. <laughs> Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek some circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision but keeping the commandments of God, i.e. it doesn't matter how you came here, maybe you came here and you grew up in a Christian family, maybe you didn't, maybe you grew up with this circumstance, maybe this circumstance, all doesn't matter just for the sake of religiosity, actually what matters is that you keep the commandments of, of God, each one of you should remain in the condition in which he was called, so if you were called, remain in that position, that you have been called, and I think as Christians, as young Christians, we often feel this thing that there is something that sin can do, to us to make us feel to, to make us become uncalled and i believe that if you are called by jesus christ and you are called and you are selected and he has loved you you are called and there is nothing you can do to unwind and, un- and unbind that love that you are called and, and and the bible says here stay there stay in that call like stay there remain there keep that commandment stay in that call don't let the devil seduce you out of a calling Something that has already happened. Do not let yourself succumb to a, a, a false idea that you can be uncalled. Stay in that position. And trust that God is doing what he is doing in you, through you. First Corinthians uh, 1 verse 12. I think it's 12. No, it's not 12. Is it Corinthians? Colossians. Corinthians. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, one second, guys. Isn't it crazy? I've been looking at this Bible verse for a while. But we'll find it. We'll get in there. Had some technical difficulties, but we'll find it. Oh, sorry. 
First Corinthians, there it is. 12, verse 47. That's it. I was thinking 12 is somewhere. First Corinthians 12. Took you all the way to the front. I'm so sorry. It's good. Let's open our Bibles. Let's keep opening it, you know? First Corinthians 12, verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service but the same lord and there are varieties of activities but it is the same god who empowers them all in everyone to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good so for the common good in this world each one of us have a part to play in this manifestation of what the spirit had intended for this earth which absolutely means that if you are listening to this and you are questioning whether you have a part to play in what Christ or God is doing and, and you may feel like, you know, you're not sure if it's important or whatever and, you know, you can make an excuse and be like, yeah, I'm going to do it next year. You can't. You don't. In fact, that there is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit that will not come out unless you take part. In fact, it says it here, to each is given the manifestation of spirit for the common good. So there are gifts that some of you have. There are um, there are varieties of service that you all uh, are assigned. We all are assigned and there are varieties of activities. And if we do not do this and as in do this with a fervent love and, and fear and also intentionality that we won't, the manifestation of the spirit won't come out. That there are things that that are laid inside of you deep into the, into the, into the chambers of yourself that is a manifestation of spirit and if you are, and if you do remain passive, then there might be something that God is trying to manifest that just may not come out. Unless you take part. This isn't to say that God only has one route to, to do things. But I also believe that if, if God is incredibly loving and also very choiceful and he has a reason, 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 and, 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 and kind of that, that idea of purpose, I would believe that God knows that when he gives, that he's given to a place that will work. So if you have in your heart this desire to do something, do it. Because the spirit needs to manifest for the common good. That somebody in your life might just need to meet you for one moment to have that one conversation that might one day, 10 years down the line, be a memory fond enough that in the desperation of their life or in the desperation of something tough, that that word that you said to them in that small conversation is the answer to a question that they have spent their life searching for. That all it took is having that memory. That we need to live our lives poured out enough that people who are deeply thirsty will have the opportunity to have a drink, to have replenishment. That if we just be bold, that we just be brave and just do. The Bible says be doers. That if you just take part if we just do what you know to do, that in a moment, in a moment, with your participation, that there will be things that God has put into you, his manifestation for his common good, for the common good of what he has desired will come out. So please, if you ever thought, maybe you're waiting for maybe a, a specific word from Jesus, a specific word from God, and the Holy Spirit, right? You're waiting for a specific word. Maybe, maybe take part in the first mission. Be a part of that mission. But even before you find a purpose, you've already been given one. To make him known. And that's a joy and that's an honor. 
So handle it well. I think we have to make less excuses and be more intentional because God needs to do something on earth and he for some reason chose us to be a part of it. Now you can look at that as like, mm, a bit careless or a bit intentional. That there is, there is parts of our lives, some of us have been so deeply broken that we exist in broken environments that through us will begin to become whole again. That some of us are in deep enough darknesses because our lives will be vessels that will shine light in that darkness. That we, some of us are in deep places that seem unreachable, but because you exist there and his light reaches you, you will transform that unreachable place. That his light penetrates unreachable places. Also because some of us are there equally and you are such a vessel to be used. Please allow yourself to be used. Because that's his nine. Remember it says that we all have a share. Make your share count. That when you go up to heaven, you show God what you've done on earth. And he says, hey, what were you doing while I was down there? You can say, I was damn right I was making you known. And, 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 and that there was this joy and pride that you have in your heart because you knew that you played your part. I think there's something powerful about being on the winning team. But it's even much, something much more powerful knowing that you scored a point on the winning team, that you played a part, that you, you might not be the LeBron James, but you know that you, you, you passed him that ball. That, yeah, Michael Jordan might get all the praise, but you know that you passed him that ball. You were the person that supported him to that victory. In fact, your whole team won, which meant you won too. But there's something special about knowing that you made that winning pass, that you made that winning block and... And if we all as Christians, the Bible talks about one body, different members of one body, that if we, different members just play our parts, my goodness, we all win. And we all play a part. So I want to invite us all in our lives, somewhere deep inside, pick up your cross. Pick up the thing that you asked to do, the thing that feels a little bit heavy, and play your part. Make that winning pass. Make that winning block. Make that winning conversation. This is deeper than TikTok or sharing or Facebook. This is about allowing yourself to be transformed by what God is asking you to be and allowing that beautiful thing to just take over you. And from that point, allow steadfastness to make you perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Because there's something that God needs to do on earth as it is in heaven. So allow him to do what he needs to do here. You know, I've had some very interesting conversations this week. Lots of people very, you know, lots of people kind of talking about the rapture and all, all, that, all that stuff. And I, I noticed a lot of young people are so fearful of this rapture as if, oh my God, I'm so scared that like, I'm not going to be ready. Like worry, worry less about that. Just worry about being ready. Just, just worry about being loved. Worry about loving worry about uh, obeying God's commands, worry about doing it, but don't do it from a place of fear that like, fear is good, reverential fear, but like, don't be scared. <laughs> it's not to be scared of God, ah, like, ah, God, like, oh my God. But, but it's to fear him, it's, it's to know him, it's to, it's to revel in him, that he's big, he's something, he's not just nothing. I can't just speak to him anyhow, but it doesn't mean that I can't speak to him. In fact, I can speak to him. Um, but like, you know, I, I noticed that so many people are so scared to be caught at the wrong time. What if you're scared to be called at the wrong time? It's probably because you're scared of 
that because you're doing something wrong and you know you're doing something wrong. Worry about doing things that are right. And I also believe that you serve a father who is absolutely forgiven and absolutely understanding. And, you know, of course, there are many people who live very Pharisee-like lives that look very perfect outside. But we remember what we talked about last week. It's better to be good than to smell good. You worry about looking, being good. Stop worrying about looking good. Worry about being good. And go to handle the rest. That's my message for today. That's been my little contribution to your Tuesday morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you listen to this. Um, and I hope that you feel a little bit more charged to go out there and just make a difference. In as big or as small as you are able to. And also have been charged to. That is better to do a, a little of something than a lot of nothing. And I hope that you're inspired and for once, uh, once again, feel, feel, feel just much charged to pick up the very thing you know, you know, you got to give birth to. And be bold and be brave. And remember that you just got to give that to Jesus. And he will handle it with you and help you. That his yoke isn't heavy. His burden isn't heavy. It's light. So just go forth again and just count it all joy that we get a part to play. We have a share that you are co-heirs to this thing. I remember seeing a tweet that said, if, if, if an investor doesn't want to work on Sunday, that company isn't getting off the ground. And it's so true. That, 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 that your treasure is where your heart lies. And maybe it's time we begin to act like our heart's in it. If we so believe that our heart's in it. Rather than convincing people that we love God, let's actually love him. <laughs> you know, do that actively. But yeah, you lot take it easy. Have a good, good, good day, week. And, and I hope that you feel a little bit, a little bit more charged and, and a little bit more empowered. And remember who you are. Remember what he says about you. Because as you go through trials and tribulations, at least your identity won't be lost. In fact, you will find something. God bless you guys. It's been your boy, Josiah Hyslip. And thank you for listening. Easy. Nice. <laughs> nice.